Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everybody, Steve here. We today are releasing a bonus episode of Thinking Sideways. It's our show that we call Down the Rabbit Hole. As some of you may know, we are on Stitcher Premium. And once a month on Stitcher Premium, we put out bonus content. And we wanted to share with you what that bonus content was. So you could know what you could get if you were to join Stitcher Premium. So what you're going to hear here is an episode that we released a couple of months back. uh, And this is the kind of thing that you would get on a regular basis. So, enjoy! Thinking Sideways. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. I don't understand. What? Thinking Sideways. Hi there, welcome to a very special episode of Thinking Sideways. And by very special, we don't mean heartwarming, uh, we mean murder. We mean down the rabbit hole! Yeah, Yeah. exactly, we're going down the rabbit hole. Uh, Brought to you, of course, by Stitcher Premium, which you probably already know about since you're listening to us on Stitcher Premium. Okay, you guys ready to go? We are! talk about this mystery? All right, I am Joe, by the way, and... Brought to you by know, your Joe. Brought to you by yeah. You were brought to you by by you were brought to us by your mom. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and your dad. Your yeah. mother. Yeah. Okay. I'm Joe, and those other two people forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve, as usual. Uh, Steve and who's Devin, that? Okay, always. Devin. Okay. Good. Glad we got that straight. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a mystery. 
And uh, you guys are going to like this one. It involves the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a boat, which vanished mysteriously. Okay. Which is why you're doing it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And now, wait, if you're one of those people that's sick of the Bermuda Triangle thing, uh, this is a little different. Would you guys not agree? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the boat, it's not one of those boats that sailed this off. This is and, really on the fringe of the whole Bermuda Triangle. Well, thing. it's really on the tip of the tip of the triangle. And it actually, this boat vanished within sight of uh, Miami Beach, Florida. Hmm. Within sight. And also, just after communicating with the Coast Guard, like minutes after, and then the huh. boat just has vanished. But let's start from the beginning. This happened 50 years ago uh, on December 22nd, 1967. And the boat that disappeared was called the Witchcraft. And it was a 23-foot cabin cruiser owned by Daniel Barak, who was a real estate and hotel developer hmm. uh, in Pennsylvania and I think also in Miami. Uh, he was fairly rich, had a house, a really nice house in a really nice neighborhood in Miami Beach, plus a few others in Pennsylvania. Uh, aboard the boat with Dan Barak was a passenger, Father Patrick Horgan, also called Padre Horgan, who was a Catholic priest from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, although originally he was from Ireland, uh, he'd been naturalized like 10 months before. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they were the only two passengers on the boat. Dan Burak invited Father Horgan to go out on his boat to see the Christmas lights of Miami. That was nice of him. From the water, you right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sounds like a fun little outing. Uh, I don't know if they took beer or not. I, I assume they did. They left Dan Burak's home on Sunset Island. I should say Sunset Island number four, uh, Miami Beach. I know there's a little string of four islands there on the inside of the island that is Miami Beach, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so number one is the most prime real estate? I don't know about that. <laughs> it was just the first one. They're just numbered one through four as you, as you go north to south. And, uh, Got it. You know, and actually, it's kind of nice, actually, that they didn't name them all different names, like Sunset Island and Treasure Island and, you know, Bunny Island. You know. Stapler Island. Yeah, exactly. Stapler Island? They were running out of names, okay? Yeah, There's a lot of islands down there. I, I there are. I kind of like that, the, the office products chain, mm -hmm. you know, the stapler, this post-it note Have you island. ever been in a town where you wondered <laughs> yeah. where the hell they came up with the street names? It's the same problem. The guy is sitting, uh, paperclip. Lamp Road, uh, Monitor Way. I feel like usually it's just, oh, I know, A, B, C, D, E, Av. That's well, a they, nice they, way. They, they can only do 26 streets, and then they've got to find something else. That's a, A, B, B. But, uh, <laughs> well, back to our story, though. Uh, oh, and yeah. I'll give you a quick overview of the geography of Miami Beach. Most of you probably know it, but for those who don't, we have the city of Miami, which is on the mainland, uh, down, down near the south end of the, of the peninsula of Florida. Uh, and then to the east of that, there's a big barrier island, and that island is Miami Beach. In between is Biscayne Bay. Dan Burek's home, as I said, was on a small island on the west side of Miami Beach. So Dan Burek and Father Horgan left the island in the boat and went west into Biscayne Bay, then turned south and motored about two and a half miles south to what's called Government Cut which is a channel between Miami Beach and Fisher Island to the south of Miami Beach. You guys, I'm sure, went and looked at the maps and stuff in the aerials. Well, yeah, you it. sent yeah. it to us. We couldn't help but see it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost impossible to Yeah, yeah I sent you guys a nice, naval, a nice nautical chart and everything mm -hmm. that explained all this stuff. Yeah. So that was the uh, government cut as a dredged out channel. Uh, it allows deep water ships and, of course, cruise ships to get in and out of the port of Miami. And it goes southeast about a mile out from Miami Beach. And then it jogs 45 degrees to the northeast. It's marked by a series of red and green buoys. So on the north side of the channel is the red buoys. On the south side is the green buoys. 
So, uh, you, so know, you know which way you're going. Exactly. So it's very, very easy. On the south side of the channel, where it bends to the northeast, is buoy seven, where our mystery takes place. So that's where Dan Burak intended to take the witchcraft. About a mile offshore. Yeah, about a mile off the, from the, the southeast tip of Miami Beach. About a mile southeast of there. Sorry, the witchcraft? Yeah, the witchcraft. The name of the boat. Oh. Yeah. 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 I, did we say that already? Yeah. And I just uh, yeah. wasn't paying you attention. You just weren't paying attention. Yeah. You were. Probably, I was reading ahead. Sorry. You were texting or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and and apparently they got there. So all was well until 9 p.m. when the Coast Guard got a radio message from Dan Burak saying his boat had hit an underwater object. And it's pretty shallow in that area, so it's not it's uh, not weird that he would say he bumped into something. Yeah. There are there are hazards there. I mean, there's tons and tons of pleasure boats, and if a boat sinks, and if it doesn't, you know. It right, could, it could actually wind up being my, just my under the water. My point is that yeah, it's, it's not hundreds of feet deep. No, no, yeah, exactly. Of, no, yeah. I think the water right around buoy seven is twenty-four, twenty-five feet deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not it's not deep at all. But anyway, he hit something, and it looks like uh, the hole was not breached. Apparently, he, he he was calm and said there was no emergency. He just needed a tow. So we're all assuming he didn't say exactly what was wrong, but I assume it, it damaged his screw mm-hmm. or his rudder, mm-hmm. or something like screwed. that. Yeah, he was screwed. He was screwed, <laughs> probably. So he needed a tow back to shore. He said he was by buoy seven. And uh, like I said, according to the Coast Guard, and I have no idea, I assume they taped the conversation, but maybe not. But they said he was totally calm about the whole thing. And he also said uh, that he would shoot off a flare to make it easier to find him. But for some reason, he didn't shoot off that flare. Hmm. We don't know why. Uh, but the Coast Guard had no problem finding Buoy 7 anyway because they, they knew exactly, where it is. Oh, they yeah. know exactly where it is, so no problem. They headed right over there. But when they got to Buoy 7, the witchcraft was nowhere to be seen. And again, this wasn't hours or days later. This was 19 minutes after they wow. got the radio call. I assume they already had boats on the water, which oh, I'm, sure. Sure, I'm yeah. sure they did. So they were right over there. 19 minutes, and they, they went all around. Of course, it was dark, but they, they have powerful searchlights on their boats and stuff. And so It's what they do. Yeah. They search sc- for stuff. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. they scanned all around looking for signs of the boat, uh, maybe the passengers and life jackets bobbing in the water, all mm-hmm. that stuff. They, they searched pretty thoroughly that night. They found nothing at all. Not even a little. Not even a little piece of garbage or, no or anything. No flotsam at all. Not even. Huh. Not even a seat cushion. And of course, uh, Dan Burak could not be raised on the radio either. They kept looking, and the search actually went on for a little over a week. So they didn't just say, oh, prank call. Yeah, they didn't just say, you know, oh, well, let's go. Uh, they, they hung they out. They actually did search. They searched the rest of They're not of the... like your Lyft driver who says, that guy's not here, I'm going to leave? Yeah, not like that at all. They, <laughs> uh, they kept searching and searching and searching. And eventually, uh, they had Coast Guard ships and Navy, U.S. Navy ships involved in this search. And also, like, I think about at six planes flying over the ocean wow. looking. And which again is close to Miami is very helpful because even if the boat sank, you'd still see it underwater. Yeah, I mean it's not that. So the water's the water. pretty clear, and it's clear. Yeah. yeah, it's very clear. Actually, if you go, if you get on Google the aerial and and go and go out from Miami Beach to Buoy Seven, and then continue southeast uh, another mile or so, mile and a half, you know, there's this weird little spot where there's about uh, you know eight, nine, ten boats sunk. You can see them <laughs> underwater there. There's this little cluster of them, and and I don't know what it is that they're derelict boats and the Coast Guard finds them and then just... Makes them into habitat or something Yeah, they fish. just tow them over there to that spot. Maybe they're trying to build an artificial reef or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, but, but you can actually see it from see satellite images. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. see them underwater. Which is yeah. pretty significant. Yeah. But here's the other thing, though, is that 
it shouldn't have sunk because Dan Burak, apparently, according to friends, was very safety conscious. And, and I guess terrified. Yeah, maybe. Things. Yeah, <laughs> he, but he, he was prepared and he had actually had the boat fitted with extra flotation. I don't know if that's styrofoam or what, but he had extra flotation in that boat. So the boat, even if it had completely swamped and filled with water, it still should have floated. At, not, it, at least yeah. it shouldn't have sunk in 19 minutes. Yeah, no, right? definitely it would have sl- it would have sunk a lot slower. And but also it, it would have never be, completely submerged. Yeah, there'd yeah. be part of it sticking out of the water. Right. Yeah, and a big enough part for I assume the two passengers to cling to, you know, sure. and wave at the coast guard. Yeah, or but, or for yeah. the coast guard to see. Yeah. Even exactly. Even if they did perish, unfortunately. Yeah, at least they would have seen the boat, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I could imagine they're they're clinging to the boat, and suddenly you know a bunch of clever sharks just pop up out of the water and snap <laughs> them off there, carry them away you know but, the prequel but, to sharknado yeah <laughs> yeah anyway uh, the search went on they went as much as 30 miles out to sea hmm. uh, and they went all up and down the coastline from there uh, on the, the theory that maybe they were caught in a caught in a current or something like that uh they notified every private boat for, to be on the alert for this boat as far out as say bimini and, and everywhere else and so uh, private owners were looking for the boat too and not a not a sign of the boat was ever seen wow i know Weird. So there's a weird little mystery for you. Super weird. Yeah. So what's the deal? Well, we got some theories here, as you can imagine. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah there are. Really? We never do that. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it now. This, this is a special episode. I said, oh, a very special episode. Yeah. Very special. Theory number one. Of course, our favorite, the triangle. That is the Bermuda Triangle. Triangle got him. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, uh, typically... Well, triangles are pointy and dangerous, and so can, of course it stabbed the boat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they ran right into the corner of it. Um, <laughs> is it a corner on a triangle? I don't think it is. Yeah. Is it it's a corner a point. or an apex or what? I think it's it? an apex. Is I don't think apex? it's a corner on a triangle. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Doesn't really what? Matter. I'm just, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. so I'm just you sitting look like waiting. I was crazy. No, I'm just yeah. waiting okay. for no, this to be, be over. I have nothing be, to contribute. Yeah, no, that'll be fodder for another episode. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our mystery this week. What are they mm-hmm. called? The pointy things on mm-hmm. triangles. Yeah. Besides be, pointy things. Yeah, they call yeah. Them, they call them pointy things. Yeah. Uh, okay, but back to our triangle theory. Well, it's not. Uh, you know, obviously that is the go-to theory for a lot of people when it comes to this story. But if they really truly were at buoy seven and dead in the water, then where the hell did that boat go? I if mean, really though, if it wasn't the triangle, yeah. right? Yeah, that's when that's when things like space-time portals start making sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and of course I found theories about the Bermuda Triangle about this case on the web, which lends more credence to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I really love about the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. It is anywhere you want it to be in mm. that region of the ocean. Yeah, definitely. I think it get always shifts around. There is no official area that is. I think the... there is an official. No, area. it's always moving. It's uh, everybody describes it in a slightly different area to fit the disappearances that they mm. need that might well, be on the ex on the periphery. It gets I'm... it gets drawn a little differently, but also you see that say I said boat X disappeared in this location, and it's not actually in the traditional Bermuda Triangle. As long as it's sort of close enough, it's okay, in the Bermuda know. rhombus. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the trick with supernatural and paranormal whatevers, whatever we're going to call the. Bermuda Triangle yeah. is that it's not it's not usually as though it is gonna just stay 100 percent within the confines of well that's true which is just yeah. it needs to cooperate yeah geez yeah. stay in the lines yeah, man I'll let you I'll let you talk to them Steve I'm not gonna talk to that triangle no yeah. way All right. yeah, they scare okay me. so it scares me it so. might be but we can't we couldn't 
ever prove one way or another. Not really. I mean, the only thing that would prove it is if they suddenly pop back into existence in that same spot, like say tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, then I guess I, I would say we've got to give the triangle a little bit of credence. Sure. Then. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah. So let's move on to our next theory, uh, which is the boat just sank. Uh, and again, again, this is like, bye. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to give it more than 30 seconds here because if it went down. Uh, there should have been a bunch of junk floating around. There should have been stuff floating around. It should be visible just 24, 25 feet down. Of course, a possible, another possibility is it sank. It drifted a little bit north and sank in the channel, which is, I think, about 45 feet deep. But still... Don't they dredge that thing on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah. the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers actually dredges it. So they, they should they have... They would have they scraped have, it up. They should have found something by this yeah. time. Yeah. It's been 50 years. Yeah, yeah they sh- definitely should yeah. have, right? And yeah. even if they didn't, you would think you would still be able to see it. That's not that deep still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it still isn't tremendously deep, yeah. But uh, maybe maybe 45 feet would be enough to make it invisible. I don't know. But, I, then, yeah. but, but again, with all the stuff that was... I mean, flotation devices and... Yeah. All the other, what uh-huh. do you call it? Beer cans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah Flotsam. <laughs> no, I like floatsam. Floatsam? Yeah. yeah. It like floats them along. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you would expect to see something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always a possibility, of course, that it started, it sank, and it sank deep enough, and it's drifted off, but it still hadn't hit bottom yet, so it's still slowly sinking, but it drifts miles away and sinks. But uh, I still think we would have stumbled across it at some point. And that's a and really, that's a really, really quick time for a boat to sink. Uh huh. It is, especially one that was as floaty as this one, right? Yeah. Now again, if it was, if the the damage to the hull had been so catastrophic that the water was just gushing in, I would think he would have mentioned that. I in think his he would have radio message. He would have said, yeah. "Actually, it is an emergency." He would have said, "Yeah, we're going down." Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say that. I think he specifically said, "This is not an emergency." I think he I wanted just to won't be able to move. I think he just wanted to let those guys know. Uh, eventually, I'm going to need a tow. But if there's somebody dying out there, don't you know? Don't ignore them to come right. over and visit me because it's not an emergency. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was definitely. Uh, I don't think the hull was breached. Yeah. But there's another theory out there. Apparently, there was a, a, a small st- a storm, uh, like a squall, I guess, that blew in that night and could have actually pushed them out to sea and into the Gulf Stream. They could have been carried away. I, I don't think it came. I, I just don't know precisely when it came in. And frankly, in another account that I read of this, the storm did not actually hit until the next day. Well, furthermore, if the Coast Guard was only... 19 minutes away yeah they would have noticed they would have probably noticed there was a storm happening right oh they would have noticed and also of course by the way you know just because there's a storm doesn't mean your radio stops working yeah yeah and if there had been a storm that night it seems pretty unlikely that somebody would go out to look at the christmas lights from the water because the storm would be making it hard to see though in fairness as as we've seen in Portland today, storms blowing two quite hours quickly. ago. It was yeah. beautiful, and now it's gale winds and pouring rain. Yeah, and but, actually, at the co- at any coast, the, it's so much more changeable, so much more quickly. It is. Know. Yeah, Miami's a pretty nice spot even during this time of year well it's just you know it's nicer it's more tropical but yeah but i just maintain that if the coast guard arrived and and saw oh there's a big old storm blowing through here they would have probably you know storms don't usually 19 minutes would be pretty dang quick for a storm to have just blown right through yeah it really would be and you think they would take note of that too it's like okay Mm -hmm. we got this storm strong winds they're blowing from the southwest to the northeast hey why don't we go look to the northeast yeah (laughs) they're not that stupid the coast guard actually knows this they do actually know what's going on they know this stuff yeah so okay let's uh let's table that theory i don't think i don't like the storm idea but here's another one that's maybe possible 
which is, I mean, they were, they were at Buoy 7 right next to a shipping lane. So if their boat's dead in the water, maybe they drifted a little bit to the north into the, into the channel. Freighter comes along or some large ship and just tags them and, and basically drags them out to sea. Hmm. Yeah. It's snagged on it in some way. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's conceivable they wind up just sort of speared on, a, on the bow of a ship and just boop, off they go. I, and I, You might know this. You might not know this. Probably don't. Don't, don't you think that a sh- you, would, you would notice if you ran into a, a sh- boat uh, on a ship? You know, actually, there have, been, there have been instances where large freighters and tankers and stuff have gotten into port and then and then only after they got into port they realized they've got like a small sailboat like you know on their bow okay i mean it does happen and we've talked about this before there's also unscrupulous people who don't want to admit that they just ran somebody over and whatever litigation might come about yeah so they just keep going knowing that it'll fall off between their uh, the port they're leaving and the port they're destined to hit yeah it's probably going to come loose yeah and if it doesn't you can always stop and send some crew members down there to knock it loose Yeah. uh, yeah But uh, at the same time, you know, this is a very busy area, um, especially around Christmas time. It's like you've, you've seen what the river down here gets like at Christmas when they have the Christmas boats oh, out and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's and, people everywhere. And there's people. They're all over the all place over and the in place. the way. And the same way down in Miami. Apparently, there were a ton of boats out that night on the water looking at the Christmas lights and stuff. In a situation like that, you'd think that any, any responsible ship owner or ship driver would have at least one crew member stationed on the bow looking for stuff. Right. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, right. Yeah. And of course, Dan Burak had a flare gun. He said he had a flare gun, although he never shot off a flare. So maybe he turns out his flare gun was out of flares. Maybe I don't know. Or a dud. Or yeah, uh, or duds or something. Never uh, buy a discounted flare gun. Yeah, <laughs> discounted yeah. for a reason. Seems yeah. like if he was so safety conscious that he had extra padding in his boat to make sure that it would never sink, uh-huh. he would make sure he had flares. Uh, probably don't spare you think? flares and, yeah. and stuff like that. You would think he would. Yeah. yeah. So this one doesn't work. Let's pop it out. And put a new one in. I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure he had extra ones. You yeah. would think. So I mean, and obviously, uh, if he's that safety conscious, you uh, might have had a couple of paddles in there too. So mm-hmm. they're drifting into the into the shipping lane. So okay. Get out the paddles from Padre and let's start paddling real fast before that boat gets over here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I'm not. Also, and, a radio. And also, he had a working radio. If you radio, saw a yeah, ship coming right radio. at you, you could yeah. get on the radio and just be like, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hold no, on. No, wait. There. Or yeah. even just back to the Coast Guard and say, actually, it's an emergency now. There's yeah. a ship coming at me. Uh huh. Yeah. And, 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 and he didn't do that. And also, I mean, even if he had been carried away, you would think that some wreckage would have been left behind, don't you think? I mean, yeah, something. I do. Something would have been left behind. So even though this is actually a plausible theory in some ways, it doesn't really doesn't really entirely fit the bill for me. So what's next? Uh, so our next theory is uh, they radioed in front, thinking they were at buoy 7, but they were maybe at buoy 9 or buoy 13. You know, maybe they were mistaken. Uh, although the problem with this theory, of course, is... Uh, they still should have been they, found in the search. They should, have, they should have turned up sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. There was a massive search. Yeah. But 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 along those lines, our next theory is that they is that they faked it and they disappeared to start a new life, because I mean after all they said they were at Buoy Seven. How do we know they actually were? Well, maybe not. Uh, yes, but it would have been just as easy for them to just motor on out and not even and not even call. bother to make a call. Well, it would have made it, it actually would have made a lot more sense to motor uh, or at least pretend to motor way out to sea. Mm-hmm. Like say, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna like go to um, what's what's near Bermuda, Havana, 
Yeah, I think Bermuda's the a Bahamas. Closer. Yeah, the, the, the Bahamas. Oh yeah, are I right think the Bahamas there. are right there. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. confusing. Oh no, confused. they definitely are. Yeah, yeah. So the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So you could say like, yeah, we're gonna motor over to the Bahamas for Christmas, and then you say, oh, your radio went from like halfway in between. You say, mm-hmm. oh my God, boat's out of control, catching fire or something. You know? It's only like yeah. seventy miles. It's, yeah, so, it's not that far. It's yeah. so close, but it is. yeah. But again, no, radioing in doesn't make any sense if your intention is to just flat out disappear. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, radioing in would be could be something like a, like as a way of giving people. It's a, a red theory. herring, but it's yeah. A, it's a, but it, it, every, everything is so close there, and they can. I mean, they can tell kind of where your signal is coming from. So to yeah. a degree, you can't lie and say you're a hundred miles north when you're a hundred miles south, because they're gonna be like, "That's strange," because we picked you up on the southern end. Mm-hmm. So it would be easier just to keep your trap shut and go wherever the hell you were gonna go, mm-hmm. and people would just presume that you sank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or I mean, I don't even know if they told. I, I assume they told people that they were going out. Yeah, I I, I think so, but, but I don't know. If you were really I mean, just cause... trying to disappear, why wouldn't you just quietly get on your boat and drive away? I mean, yeah, get I on don't... your bike and ride. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume that there were people at the house when they left because otherwise, how do we know that Father Horgan was on the boat? Yeah. Because I don't think he called the, the Coast Guard and says, hey, I'm out here with a, a Catholic priest mm-hmm. my buoy's seven. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what happened, right? And right. So, so I think that there were people who saw them leave uh, and maybe um, bade them farewell. I mean, stuff. I don't know. This makes the most yeah. sense of the, all the theories so far to me, yeah, to be honest. Starting a new life? Yeah. yeah Though only... I agree, I don't, I wouldn't, if it were me, I wouldn't like call in and I'd just motor on out of there, but. Yeah. But it, it does it does make a certain amount of sense. The only the only hitch with this theory is that uh, why do two guys need to leave and start new lives at the same time? That's a weird thing. Well, it's not. Unless they were like gay or something. I mean, they, they could have been and... lovers. Yeah, especially fifty to... years ago, and one of them being a Catholic priest. Like, yeah. if they were lovers, they, they needed they really, to leave. They did need to leave town. Yeah. You know? So that's entirely plausible. I mean, Burak was fairly rich. Maybe maybe he just cashed out and then they took a suitcase of cash onto the boat with them and and vanished and went to live in. Mexico or Bolivia or Portugal or somewhere. Sounds great to me. Yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. No. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Problem so, solved. Answered. Yeah, yeah Answered. Solved. Okay, so we're going to give that one up. There's a few more theories. Well, oh. one more. Uh, another, I thought we had solved it. No, not quite. Well, another theory is foul play. Okay. Yeah, which could have been. Um, there's a blogger out there named Michelle Merritt who uh, put up an interesting post about this several years ago. And uh, she's got some theories about foul play, which I, I thought I would like bring to our listeners and share okay. with everybody. Uh, she said that, that she noted a few interesting facts about crime in Miami Beach at that time. As you obviously all know, then and now, it, uh, it is home to a lot of very rich people, which you know might attract your criminal types also, right? And so there were some home invasions, robberies that took place. Like there was... One big famous one that took place like two months before this incident. Hmm. Another one took place like a month after this incident. Hmm. So her thinking was possibly it was something on the order of, well, maybe some criminals came busting in and then took them hostage and then for some reason decided to make their getaway in the boat. You know, that that particular one doesn't totally make sense. Particularly because we just said we think there were people at the house when they left, right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And so, I, you know, this one is like, but there's other other variations on that, which is like, you know, for example, um, he was involved in the hotel business uh, in Miami. Maybe he was involved with some shady people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe he, you know, for whatever reason, you know, made the wrong people angry. And so they got rid of him. They mm-hmm. took him and 
Maybe Father Horgan was just collateral damage, and they just took them out to sea and mm-hmm. sank the boat or whatever. Could have been a, also yeah. a crime of opportunity. You know, yeah. somebody comes along and sees a disabled v- or boat, uh-huh. notices, oh, that's that rich guy that I know about, uh-huh. offers them a tow. That's why he doesn't set off the flare. Uh-huh. And yeah. then actually just kidnaps them and scuttles the boat or mm-hmm. whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, that's possible. Well, you'd think he would have radioed the Coast Guard and said, never mind, but... You would think. You would think. Unless he was already dead on the deck. Or yeah, the or be. the people who kidnapped him were like, oh, no, we'll radio them. We'll let them mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. That could be like a combination of theories. Maybe he and the father were heading off to start their new life with a suitcase full of cash. And these guys. And so, and yeah, in this scenario, maybe they the, the good Samaritans are on board helping them rig for the tow. And then the suddenly. The not so good Samaritans. Yeah, well, they're good Samaritans for now. But then suddenly <laughs> the suitcase of cash pops open and, and they're revealing that there's cash. Cash and, so, and diamonds just flowing everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So our good Samaritan immediately spins around with a belaying pin and brains them both and shoves and shoves their bodies overboard. Yeah. And then, you know, or maybe probably took their bodies way out to sea and shoved them Yeah, I was going to say, because it seems yeah. like the bodies would have shown up too. Uh-huh. Maybe not. Yeah. Or uh, uh, back to our home invasion theory, I mean, it might be that uh, maybe maybe the word was out that, okay, Dan Burak, super rich guy, has a secret safe in his house that he's got $3 million in cash in. And so because there were no signs of a home invasion in the house itself, as far as I know. But supposing somebody forces his way into the house and just forces him to open the safe, take out the cash, and then make his getaway on the boat. And so that would make sense. Okay, so, I, and again, it doesn't totally make sense to do the whole buoy 7 you know, radio signal thing. But you don't know that it was actually him that made the call. It could well, have been somebody impersonating him. It and could then have been. your yeah. idea that they're farther out to sea than they really are. Yeah. Becomes plausible. I mean, this, this one is just a hamster wheel. It is. You can you go a, round and round a, and round. You mean a rabbit hole? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd say hamsters too. Hamsters are totally allowed. Of course, we don't mm-hmm. discriminate, but yeah. it's kind of a <laughs> rabbit-oriented uh, podcast. Um, Small furry yeah. animals. Yeah. Small yeah. tails. I know. Some little rodents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. I still kind of like. I. I tend to like that they ran away together just because it's happier ending. Yeah, it is a happier ending. Um, but yeah, there's so many permutations on this whole thing. Another. Another. Another variation on it is that somebody in the family, say maybe for insurance purposes or inheritance purposes, wanted to get rid of him. But again, who knows? There's no evidence for any of this stuff, unfortunately. There's just no evidence. There just ain't no evidence. For but it's a, really, it's a really intriguing little story, yeah. I'll say. Um, and I, I, think I, so. I agree with you. I like the idea that they just decided to, like, you know, and maybe they weren't even gay. They just thought, you know, let's go to Bolivia and be Butch Cassidy and Sundance. Yeah. You know, it could have been something like that, too. Yeah. Who knows? You know, they, they were bored with Miami. Yeah. All right, so that's our story. Uh, but if you have any theories, you know our email. Uh, we're taking off. I want to say a special thank you to all of our Stitcher Premium listeners. You guys are awesome. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right, bye. Bye, guys. So long, Rabbit. Hey everybody, Steve here one last time. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to get more of this kind of bonus content that's available through Stitcher Premium, just go to stitcher.com slash thinking sideways and use the promo code sideways and you'll get one month free when you sign up for the annual plan. You'll also of course get access to all the other shows that are on Stitcher as premium content and you get us oh four days earlier and you get us without ads. So if you want to take advantage of that go to that link sign up with that code and enjoy and we'll talk to you guys on Thursday.